0: Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am. But first... Let me tell you about the meat tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, meat m e a t mrs m r s Grubs, G R U B S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. This is episode 28 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today I'm joined by Deborah DeClue. She's a wife, mother, content creator, and restaurant server living in Asheville, North Carolina. You can find her on Instagram and YouTube at the Catholic Carnivore. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I love your podcast. Thank you. Wow, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, you know, you know the drill. So, <laughs> um, can you tell everyone? when you found carnivore and what brought you to this way of eating?
1: Um, Sure. So I believe I started hearing about carnivore a few months or maybe longer before I started it, but it was always just in passing. I think my husband mentioned it when he was listening to Jordan Peterson, who he loves. And, And I just thought it sounded crazy And and I thought it sounded crazy, even though we were on a ketogenic diet at the time that I remember um, hearing about it. But um, it was about May of this year that I really um, started to kind of look into it out of desperation. And then I started it pretty full on in June. So I've been doing carnivore, um, what I call relaxed carnivore. not strict. It's not just meat, salt, water, or anything like that. I've been doing that since June. So like six months. Yeah. Um, basically I've had a very long history of, uh, having a different diet than most people (laughs) trying different diets and it progressing from gluten-free starting in my early thirties to paleo Um, and then keto and then now carnivore. But um, I started looking into food sensitivities and stuff like that in my early thirties because I had these ongoing issues that just kept getting worse as I got older. Um, And they had started around adolescence, like 13, age 13. So when my hormones were changing um, is when I started having a lot of symptoms But unfortunately, at that time, which was like the 90s, (laughs) um, there wasn't a lot of awareness about true health and diet and that kind of thing. And um, I guess I grew up thinking food was mostly for pleasure and social, you know, situations. Food was very important in my family because my mom was Italian. And in that, you know, in that kind of culture, food is the way you show love. And a lot of it is bread and pasta and sugar and that kind of thing. So that's just, no, that was my normal. Um, my grandparents owned a bakery in New Jersey. And I always heard about the bakery growing up. And, you know, that's, it was just normal. Everybody in my family was addicted to bread and cheese and sugar. <laughs> um, So I did like a lot of different foods when I was a child, and so I was unusual in that way. I wasn't a picky eater, and so I would get a lot of, like, attention for that because I liked raw, funnily funnily enough, I liked raw meat, (laughs) which I would steal from the kitchen when my mom was making dinner, and I liked um, raw oysters, And everybody just thought that was so bizarre for a young child, (laughs) but it was like, I would just get so excited if we went to a seafood restaurant, I would get so excited to order the raw oysters and I would eat the whole thing. It was like, my body was craving. I don't know what it is in the oysters, iron or zinc or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always was borderline anemic. I think my mom always told me that the doctors would always say like, she needs more iron Um, and that just kind of persisted into adulthood and I would try to eat more meat, but it didn't work. Um, and then, uh, so around 13 is when I started to have fatigue issues and it was very debilitating. I would say, um, I had a very difficult time waking up to go to school and my mom would have to physically like force me out of bed and she Like she did think it was weird that I would sleep till like 1pm on the weekends, but she just didn't do anything about it. I don't think she, I think she was just busy and she didn't, Mm -hmm. she was distracted mom, you know, and she didn't think, take her to a doctor. She just thought I was sleepy, you know, like she's like, oh, she's my sleepy one. She loves to sleep. She loves to sleep. And I was her shy kid. And really that was anxiety. And that wasn't addressed either. So, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on where we just kind of make excuses for stuff. Um, Yeah, but it became a problem. And in high school, I was falling asleep in classes um, and I was unable to really function because I was so tired all the time. And it didn't matter how much sleep I got. I would still be tired and fall asleep. And still, this wasn't really addressed. Um, And I just... You learn to live with it and it becomes normal. But it started to become even worse of a problem when I was um, working, like when I was working through college and then trying to complete college classes, I couldn't stay awake. And then, you know, that's going to cause your grades to go down. And then I was not able to get up in time to get to work on time. So then I would be late. These really, you know, it really affected my life. but for whatever reason, I did not think to go to a doctor or ask why this was happening. Um, and then later over the years, some people would say, hey, you should get like a sleep study done. Maybe you have like, you know, uh, narcolepsy or something. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't, I never did anything about it. I I definitely drank coffee starting around 13 um, to try to cope with that. But um, it wasn't until two, maybe two years ago, three years ago, that I finally went and got a sleep study done. And they said that I had what's called idiopathic hypersomnia, which is what uh, Michaela Peterson was diagnosed with, same symptoms. And uh, basically it's just a, we don't know why you're so tired, but this is what we call it. It's not narcolepsy, it's not um, sleep apnea, but it's just excessive daytime sleepiness. And they have a medication that they give you um, that you can take um, the, it's called medafinil. Midaf, Modafinil. And so, um, I took it because it got so much worse. Um, and it was really impossible for me not to fall asleep for a few hours every day. Um, and that's hard when you're a mom and all that. So the medication helped greatly. But, um, all I know is that that was one of the major things that carnivore just seemed to completely obliterate that, um, that symptom. And I didn't need the medication anymore and I couldn't, I can't take it anymore. If I take that medication, it feels like I'm on, you know, speed. That's not what it felt like when I took it. It just made me function, you know, and stay awake. But, um, I can't take that now with the diet. Um, it just fixed that fatigue like completely, which is amazing. It's miraculous to wow. me. Wow.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I was like, you got to be kidding me. All I had to do was not eat like all these carbs and just eat meat. Um, mm-hmm. And that wasn't the only thing that it, uh, healed. I also had um, pretty bad social anxiety and depression for decades. Um, and I took quite a few different antidepressants. Uh, since I was about 20 years old and had nightmare experiences with some of them, uh, weaned myself off some of them with really great difficulty and, uh, just had a love hate relationship with those. (laughs) I'm not somebody that thinks they're just evil or terrible and nobody should ever take them. I actually felt like once I found the one that worked for me, which was Zoloft, I felt like, you know, okay. Okay works pretty good. I don't have, you know, some of the terrible side effects some people do. So I was kind of like thinking, okay, if I have to take this the rest of my life, I'm not going to be upset about it, but it took me like years to get to that point. For for years I was constantly trying to get off or not be addicted to them or whatever. Like it was it was difficult, but I ended up getting prescribed the Zoloft for like a third time. Um a, a, like two, three years ago, because my hormones were completely a mess and probably always have been. And um, it started to get really bad around age 40. And they just tell you, oh, you're just in perimenopause. That's normal. And I was like, but this is not normal. Like, I don't know anybody that has the extreme symptoms I have. And they would be like, well, is this is running your family. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, yeah, but my mom had a hysterectomy. Like my mom, I don't want to end up like my mom. Like why am I even having this conversation with a doctor? Like I'm 41 years old and I don't want to have to think about having a hysterectomy because I'm in so much misery. Um, she's like, and so my doctor was like, well, I said, I think, you know, I would Google things. Cause I would have all these, all this time when I was like sick in bed you know, all this time, it basically, I would have PMS that would last for two weeks. And the PMS was so severe that I would be like in bed most of the time. Um, It was very detrimental for my marriage and my, my, my kids. It was very difficult. Mm -hmm. And that's why I ended up going back on the Zoloft. And you know, some people don't know that that is the treatment for extreme PMS. It's called um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And my doctor said, I think you have that based on everything you're reporting to me. She said, normally we could just put you on Zoloft for that. Or I can refer you to an endocrino- endocrinologist. And I said, okay, fine. Just give me the Zoloft. And I was shocked. It really did help. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to have to be on this for like, you know, ever. And it was, it's, a part of me just was so angry about that. But then I just let it go. And um. It really did help. But I decided when I was doing carnivore, because carnivore, for some reason, just totally shifted something in me mentally or emotionally, like where I could tell I had a completely different mindset. um, Once I got into the ketosis, and I I can't explain that part. (laughs) It's easy to say, Oh, you know, like my blood sugars are better. And my uh mm-hmm. blood pressure's better and all this but saying that like my mindset changed just sounds crazy but that's what happened and i was just like knew that i I'm think not it sounds you know i think it sounds crazy to people who haven't experienced
0: it but yeah. talking to, to listening to you i know exactly what you're talking you know about what I'm because talking i about. i
1: experienced the same thing yeah right well i just was always like miss negative like <laughs> my whole life i struggled with the negative kind of mentality like I would always mm-hmm. focus on the negative or I was just sort of grumpy or you know what I mean like I saw I, I, ha- I had a lot of intruding almost thoughts that were negative that I would be like that's not true like stop believing that but then I would just it would just be there and I couldn't it was like something not in my control that that just kind of went away like now it's like I'm not in this battle with my mind all the time I can just I don't know how to explain it. It's very, very cool. But um, I just knew once that shift happened that I was not going to stay on the Zoloft and that I was not going to let myself stay on the Zoloft and I don't need it. I just knew like, okay, this, this, I could sense that I was not nourished before this and that my brain felt like it was getting this oxygen or this nourishment or these signals that it never got. And I was like, I'm going to start to get off the Soloft. I just don't care how hard it is. I'm going to do it. So I started weaning off that probably in July or August. And then, um, so it's been a really long, slow, uh, weaning and I wasn't on a huge dose at all. Um, it was like 50 milligrams, but, um, I have not taken it in three days. So, um, I'm experiencing a little bit of nausea and that's probably going to turn into some, some headaches and some brain zaps and all that, but I've done enough experience. I I know enough to know that it's going to pass and I'm going to be okay. And I trust that, you know, my brain is going to adjust and everything's going to be okay, but it's a big deal for me, you know, to get off the Zoloft (laughs) and I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is exciting. Um, so, how long, how long after you went carnivore did you start to experience relief from the um, idiopathic hypersomnia?
1: Um, I don't remember exactly. I just know it was in about within sixty days. I would say. Okay. I had I okay. had a really wow. rough time with the transition. My um, keto flu was pretty bad. It lasted for about 21 days, but I did not know about electrolytes and I didn't, I wasn't staying on top of that. And then I learned later that that could have been a harder, longer transition for me because um, one of my major symptoms was always hypoglycemia. I would get low blood sugar um, episodes and they were getting more frequent. My dad had type two diabetes. Um, and so I think I was in pre-diabetes stage is what was happening, um, when I went into carnivore and that also, uh, completely went away within the 60 days. But yeah, I just, I just was not taking the, the provigil and see how I do. And I would not get the, the tiredness and I would just have stable energy all day. And then my blood sugar being stable was just such a relief because it's a very exhausting cycle where you're constantly like, oh, do I have a snack so I don't get low blood sugar? You know, because it would be, it would be concerning. I, yeah. I would be unable to move or you know take care of myself if I let. And it would just switch in like one minute I could be fine, and then one minute later I I could be in, like, I need some juice or something. Um, so. I hated that. So that was like, yeah. Amazing when that stopped. And then I also had this issue with like blood pressure, low blood pressure, which I think you had the opposite, the high.
0: Yes. Opposite. Yeah. The exact
1: opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine yeah. was always so low that they thought I was like dead when they check me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's, it's interesting. You mentioned the hypoglycemia because I, before coming to keto or carnivore, I had started to experience that same thing. And I did I had no idea what it was at the time. I thought I was just like dying. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know know what was going on. Um, But I'm sure I was in the pre-diabetic or maybe even diabetic range at the time, because um I think 6 months into low carb and keto I finally got a blood glucose monitor and oh, yeah. my my fasting blood sugar it was like um in the like over 110 in in the morning so and you know I would assume that it had lowered from what it whatever it was before wow. me being 6 yeah. months on on keto um and then going into carnivore, that that totally my fasting blood sugar started to be um, like in the eighties, sometimes high seventies, pretty consistently.
1: Mm. That's awesome. I still haven't gotten a monitor. I want to do that.
0: Yeah, but- yeah. It's it's cool to look at sometimes, yeah. like okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. But I mean, I. I'm kind of like now I don't, I don't check so often cause it's like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know what any data would really make me do anything differently I at know. this point because I, I, I'm feeling so much better. Um, okay. So you said you had a hard time adapting. a keto flu. Um, how did you find out that you need to add in more electrolytes?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I found that out until later, <laughs> like after I went through that. Um I sadly just didn't know when I was going through it what it was. I just suffered okay. through it. But but I think when you have so much chronic suffering anyway, <laughs> then you know you're just like, oh, I just gotta get through it. I mean, I, I just thought for I don't know, it was brutal. It was brutal. And it, we just kept drinking water. I just kept drinking lots of water, but I didn't put any like electrolytes okay. in it. So I was just flushing out like all these electrolytes and stuff. Yeah. But apparently um, like it can take longer for someone who has, um, you know, who's pre-diabetic or has sh- blood sugar issues. It can take them longer to get into ketosis and it can be really uncomfortable. So I felt yes. very weak and tired and dizzy. I just felt that uh, was, it was bad, but I just trusted it was going to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Faith is a big thing. I feel like when first yeah. even trying this crazy carnivore thing and your name, Catholic carnivore, has faith, your, yeah, your uh, <laughs> Catholic faith been a big part of this, um, this whole journey for you?
1: Um, yeah, I, I got the idea to do a channel I don't know. I felt like it was just what I was supposed to do after I kind of had this awakening when everything started disappearing and all of these problems I had started disappearing. I was in such shock um, from it. And I love to listen to other carnivores and people's success stories. Like I just love that. And I was listening to an interview with the black carnivore. Do you know her? Yeah. Yeah. A day Fox. Yeah. I couldn't remember her name, but I just thought, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. She's like the black carnivore. And she like, you know, is all about like helping, you know, people in her, in her world, uh, to understand and carnivore and why it could help them. And I just woke up one day and I was like, you know, why don't my Catholic friends and, and, you know, more Christians talk about this. Why aren't, why aren't more people aware of how amazing this is? Cause you know, we all know people who are sick, who have, um, so many struggles and, yeah. There's just so much confusion about how to deal with those things. And and I just thought, well, I can't just go about my life now after this happened without telling people. You know, it feels weird sometimes when you tell people and you don't want to be annoying, but I know that every time I listen to other people's stories, I just find them so inspiring. And I just think, wow, even if that person's story just helps one person, it's important. And, and I, even if I feel like, well, my story's not that great. It's not like I healed cancer or something, you know, I still, I still think it's important and every person's story is, is impactful. And so I do also think there's a lot of similarities and parallels with this sounds bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, you know, with religion, you can get kind of legalistic, or you can go the opposite direction. And I see some of that in the carnivore like space, you know, Mm -hmm. like where there's just like the way people are. It's just so funny. It's like, oh, well, you're not carnivore if you don't just eat meat salt water. (laughs) And then people get like all, you know, legalistic about it. And I just think, oh, no, like we can't you can't be like that. Like you can't be like a Pharisee when it comes to diet. And Mm -hmm. I actually think that's one of the reasons sometimes you see Christians steer away from diets or whatever, because they, they feel like it's too dogmatic or it's too, you know, you're putting food like way too high up. And I get that. And I, and I think there's reasons they think that, but um I think that doesn't mean you just throw the whole thing out. Like you should throw out yeah. the fact that maybe well, this is the best diet for us just because there's some nuts right. that say, you know,
0: say, things well, Deborah, you, mm-hmm. you reference in your, uh, Instagram bio Romans, uh, chapter 12 <laughs> verse two, and it's talking about, you know, to not conform to, you know, what, what everybody else in the world is doing. And I feel like that, that really like you're, you're talking about the, the parallels between like religion and diet, but I feel like that really, um, highlights like the rest of the world is eating junk. The rest of the world is eating, all of these things that are making us sick. That was keeping Mm -hmm. you sleepy. That was keeping my blood pressure (laughs) high. Yeah. And you know, and my, my sister, my little sister was just over, over the weekend. And I was talking to her because she's really big in in church. And I was saying, you know um, we have to take care of our bodies. You know, God doesn't want us to be sick. And you know, that's one of the things the rest of the world is eating all of this junk And I think it should be, it should be a part of religion to say, well, Hey, how, how can I eat to keep my body healthy? And that I, I think it can be like, uh, like I kind of compared it to, um, you know, like just as much of a, a sin as she would see, like. Um, other things like alcoholism, mm-hmm. drugs, these are addictive substances and you can't put them down even though you know they're they're mm-hmm. hurting you. And it, it's really something, totally, that, something to yes. think about.
1: I totally agree. I think that there's a tendency for Christians to focus on, okay, we shouldn't put these things in our mind or we shouldn't look at these things and we shouldn't watch these things because they're bad for us. But then we tend to just say, food is fine, like food, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a standard thing at at churches to have coffee and donuts, (laughs) you know, like, donuts and candy and Mm -hmm. sugar is just like, understood to be fine. And I'm like, why? Like, that's not, that's ridiculous. Like, I think it's ridiculous if we have all these, you know, non religious or spiritual, just spiritual people, Taking way better care of themselves than Christians. Like that, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. It's in scripture that we're supposed to, you know, um, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and yeah. that we shouldn't defile ourselves. And, you know, it's we're fooling ourselves if we think that it's yeah. irrelevant what we eat. I, I think that's really sad and it's a problem. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, another thing, like I, I think about is when I was so sick, I was praying mm. nightly. God, please yep. deliver me. Whatever I need to do, please save me from this hell because it was literal hell on earth. Right. And you know, me it would too. have been so foolish of me to think I didn't need to do any work on my part that I right. could just go on, right. keep eating all the junk and. I mean, miracles do happen, but I do, I do believe meat heals, and I do believe that God brought that to me—that I was in the right Mm -hmm. place, you know, where He wanted me to (laughs) be—that I was able to learn about this. I, I, and I tell people I do believe this is sent from God that I I learned about this crazy diet. Yeah. Um. But, but, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of Christians will will lean only on prayer. And I do feel mm-hmm. like that's enough, but you also need to pay attention to the signs. You, if you see something like a right. crazy carnivore diet, just don't immediately dismiss it. Um, right. But
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we just, we can tend to spiritualize everything instead of realizing there's concrete physical things, we choices we can make right away and, and to help ourselves. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the sugar and the grains and the um, I ate a lot of keto junk foods, probably that last year, before I turned to carnivore, I was just so like, eating for pleasure. Still, I, I found yeah, keto, me too. was a disaster. Um, yeah. Because it was all about like the numbers. So then it was like, oh, well, this is okay because this isn't going to affect my net carbs, but it was just junk um, with whatever chemicals they put in there. And I mean, it made me pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Well, you mentioned that you weren't a strict carnivore,
1: but what Mm -hmm. all do you include in your diet now? Um, So I meant to mention my husband does it with me so he's lost uh, almost 30 pounds, <laughs> so uh-huh. that's been cool. Um, we don't know where the 30 pounds was because he didn't seem to be overweight, but it's amazing how much water weight and you know weight you can lose on it. Um, mm-hmm. So we eat um, mostly beef, um, some dark meat chicken, lots of pork belly, bacon, um, lots of butter, I've been trying to do high fat carnivore for the last couple of weeks. And I really like that. I think men and women are different and that women need more fat and that the whole, you know, meat salt water thing that works for a lot of men is just not the best thing for women. Um, The more I learned. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to need as much fat as me, but he needs more protein. And then um, so we do dairy uh, we like cheese we do heavy cream I love the carnivore ice cream recipe that you I got that from you on one of your interviews and I was like I have to try that and it's so good awesome <laughs> <laughs> um, and we drink coffee so we I get a lot of <laughs> flack for that but I mean I'll just go ahead and admit I'm addicted to coffee like I don't necessarily think it's the best thing but Um, We love our coffee. We love our espresso. I drink some Earl Grey tea. And um, I also like haven't given up alcohol completely. So I I do like like a good bourbon or something like that. Um, But I just don't put a bunch of junk in it or anything like that. Um, I like pate um, a lot. Especially right before my period, I'll like crave it because it's like I need extra mm-hmm. iron or something. Um, and that's about it. I mean, we love steaks. We would eat ribeyes every day, but it's just too expensive. Oh, and we eat a lot of eggs. I love pastured eggs. I'm very picky about eggs. I like the good quality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we use spices. So when I say I'm relaxed carnivore, it's because we use spices and drink coffee and <laughs> occasional alcohol. Okay. But- Yeah. But I don't do, I don't touch salads, fruits. Um, In fact, I did an experiment. (laughs) I just got hired at a restaurant and it's a a new restaurant that's opening. And so usually when you work at a a new place, you don't get the chance to try all the food, but because it's a new restaurant, they wanted the servers to taste everything on the menu. And I was too nervous to, like, tell them, I can't eat anything, I'm carnivore, because I'm in Asheville, which is extremely vegan. Um, okay. <laughs> and I was, like, I just didn't want them to think I didn't take my job seriously, because I actually do take it seriously, and I love, I love being a server, but I, on, I honestly, I'm just the kind of person that I can't recommend a dish, or whatever, if I haven't tried it. <laughs> so I told my husband, okay. yeah. Well, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to try all these foods on this. It's it's Italian. It's like classic Italian. And I said, let's see what happens. And so this was last week and it was crazy. I mean, it was good that I did the experiment because now I, I know I'm probably not ever going to stop doing carnivore. Um, it, it was funny because I didn't feel like, oh, I get to cheat and I get to eat these delicious Mm -hmm. foods. I mean, of course, objectively, it was delicious, you know, to try the homemade pasta and the, you know, cannoli and the tiramisu. Like my taste buds were like, okay, that's really good, you know, but I did not take any pleasure in actually eating any of those tasting any of those things, I didn't take any more pleasure in it than I do in the food that I eat every day. I I mean, I honestly feel like carnivore is the most delicious, satisfying, you know, way of eating, like, I enjoy it more than I enjoyed those things, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) Um, And I did not feel good. Like, I did not feel good. It took about till the next day, day two, because it was for four days. We had to try everything. And by day four, I was so sick. Like, I, oh. I felt so bloated and, like, sick. I don't know how to explain it. I was nauseous. And it just, it was confirmation that this is not nutritious. This is not, it was delicious. And it's high quality. And, you know, I will happily serve these people that want to eat it, but, you know, I, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I'm happy you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about that because I remember being a <laughs> server and people would say, well, what would you recommend what? this? and <laughs> And I was wondering, you know, would if they're like, well, what salad is the best? If you would be like, actually, I do not I know. touch vegetables.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I know. And you can't say that because it's. I just don't mm-hmm. think that it's appropriate. And I really don't want everybody in this restaurant to know that I'm a carnivore because it's just people don't understand. Right. I don't want to answer questions. Which is, right. The funny part is, is that I was totally like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to suck it up and eat everything. And then I'm sitting there and this girl across from me is a vegan. Well, apparently some people in the restaurant started talking about the fact that she was a, a vegan. And so the management heard that she was vegan. And they had the kitchen surprise her with a, a pasta that they made vegan for her, you know, with vegetables and tomato sauce, and they brought it out when we were eating all the food, and they said, We didn't want you to be hungry. We wanted you to have something to eat. And she was about to cry. She was so excited. But I noticed that, like, nobody was, like, you know, making her feel uncomfortable that she was vegan. Like, I thought that was cool. Everybody was very cool about it. But I just knew that it would not be like that if I told my manager that all I eat is meat and I can't have vegetable oils. Yeah. <laughs> I just think what are they going like, to do?
0: Bring you out a big steak?
1: I know they're not going to bring me out a steak because you know servers can't have that, it's too expensive. But like, I think there's more acceptance of veganism, you know, in and especially where I live, it's
0: so healthy and it's so yes. good for the earth because
1: yeah, you look you almost look up to someone if they just eat vegetables and fruits mm-hmm. or whatever that's the attitude, and then you look down on somebody that only eats, you know. So I just didn't want to deal with that. So that's why I chose to do it, but I am just so happy to go back to like the way I eat because it just feels so much better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well that, and it's so awesome that you and your husband are doing carnivore together. Cause you've got that support system and you've got that carnivore buddy, you know, wherever you guys go, oh, yeah. events have, have you been to any, um, events, family get togethers, um, and uh, since since you've been carnivore.
1: Well, this will be our first like Thanksgiving and all that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that is next <laughs> week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How long have you been carnivore? Oh I think a year and a half. let's 100%. see June 2021. So so yeah, like a year and a half. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we went, we did have um, his family took us all out to our favorite restaurant. When we lived um, in the town we lived in before this, and it was where we had our wedding reception and stuff. And actually, that's a great restaurant for carnivores, because it's all like steaks, wild game, like all these like, you know, exotic meats. Um, And then they just serve, you know, potatoes and vegetables on the side. But it's just a great place for carnivores. But It was a little awkward because the parent, it was for my husband's birthday and then like his other brother's birthday and their mom is Italian and she makes cakes for her kids, you know, all her grown kids for each of their birthdays, she'll make their favorite cake. And so there was a little bit of an awkward moment when they realized my husband was not going to eat his birthday cake and was not interested because there's that little, you know, moment of like, Oh, am I crossing a line? Do I, am I disrespecting my mom? But it just, he was trying to explain, she's very understanding, but his dad was a little bit like, well, why wouldn't you eat it? You know, your mom made it. And there's always that kind of, um, little bit of a guilt thing, but, uh, i w I've been really impressed with my husband cause he was a big donuts and, you know, pasta guy. And okay. He just, yeah. He, <laughs> I didn't believe he could stick with it. I was like, there's no way. Like when we go to your mom's house and she makes your favorite pasta that you're going to not eat it, but he, he doesn't eat it. So he's like, it's not worth it. I mean, he'll just instantly gain like five pounds. And you know, it's not like that when you're younger, but now we're in our forties and it's just not worth it anymore. You have to suffer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But Yeah. Um, There's, there's a lot of family birthday parties uh, in my family. um, Like in the fall. So I've been to multiple mm back-to-back events with like birthday cake and ice cream. And it's funny because I get offered cake every time. And it was my dad's birthday and he was like, Oh, you know, will you break a diet? You know, like, like (laughs) I'm doing this, like it's part of my fitness plan or something. And I'm like, no, you know, I just, I can't, that stuff tried to kill me. And he like, he's like, okay. (laughs) I like to
1: use the example. um,
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, no, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm not tempted and it's not like, I feel like I'm missing out. It's like you said, it's not worth it. It's not ever
1: worth feeling like I did before. Right. They don't have to live with the result, like with the symptoms afterwards. It's not just Mm -hmm. a, Oh, I'm going to eat this for five minutes. Like it's literally like could be like two days of misery. <laughs> but I like to compare it to, you know, people wouldn't say that to an alcoholic, like, Oh, come on, you can just have this drink. <laughs> like the one time, it's not gonna hurt you. Like, I think people don't think of it like that. But that is what it feels like. You know, to me, like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's just better if I don't eat this stuff. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't see it as food. I don't see it as food anymore. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. No, not at all. It's not food. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about the hypersomnia, the anxiety, depression, PMDD. Are there any other unexpected benefits or additional benefits you wanted to bring up that, that you haven't talked about already?
1: Um I had the thing where you don't get sunburned. That was the first summer. At first summer I didn't get sunburned. Um cuz I always get sunburned at the beginning of summer. So um, yeah. That was cool. I didn't get any any bug bites either. So I don't know what it is about it, but it definitely changes your your uh, body chemistry or something. Um mm-hmm. I had I have better skin. My skin is clearer, softer. Um, I noticed less wrinkles, like, especially like my hands. I always thought my hands looked really old (laughs) and now they're, they're less wrinkled and less dry. Um, what else? I had the increased muscle tone, you know, and I don't work out or anything. It was just, oh, wow, like you can see muscle tone on my legs and my arms. And that was kind of cool because I don't work out. It just appeared. <laughs> so that's a really cool thing. Less cellulite. I lost some cellulite on the legs. Um, let's see what else. Oh, a big one. Um, one of the things I was dealing with before carnivore that was really difficult was this ongoing inflammation that I guess you would call it, they call it myositis or something. It's like inflammation Mm -hmm. of the muscles. Um, And I kept going to my doctor saying, I can't get rid of this tension that's in my, my shoulders and my back and my neck and my head. I said, it just keeps like getting worse and it keeps spreading and just getting so intense that I'm starting to spaz out. And we, we, thought it was the stress that I was going through because my husband and I have been going through one of the most stressful life events for I'd say a year, uh, a year and a half now. Um, an ongoing custody battle with my ex-husband. And I just can't tell you the, the amount of stress it's been, but that's what I thought it was. You know, you just think, okay, it's the stress, but I was frustrated. Cause I would tell my doctor, but I'm okay right now. Like, I'm not stressing out about it. Like, I think everything's going to be okay. And and then I still have all this tension. And so she told me to go to the, the, um, to get massages because I told her I was going to the chiropractor, you know, every week and this stuff costs money and you're already going into debt with this like legal fees. (laughs) And I was really stressed out. Like, well, I don't want to go to get massages. Like that sounds nice, but that's expensive, you know, and I'm already paying for the chiropractor and we're paying for the lawyer and it's starting to get out of hand. And, um, that still wasn't enough to help the pain. And so finally she said, I I don't know this. She said, this is so intense. This, this tension, she's like, I'm just going to prescribe you muscle relaxers. (laughs) So I was like, oh, great. You know? So I go to pick them up at the pharmacy and the pharmacist said that I she couldn't give them to me because they would interfere with my, one of my other medications. (laughs) Cause I was Mm -hmm. on the, you know, the sleep pill thing. And then I was on the Zoloft and she's like, I'm sorry, but it's too risky. And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) like how does this my life? So I couldn't take the muscle relaxers, but I mean, it was, it was difficult like to, uh walk around in that much pain and tense and tense being tense all the time it's not healthy and the carnivore completely got rid of that like it just went away and it it was like i just woke up one day and i was like wait all that muscle tension that was like all over my body and making my head feel like it was going to explode is gone like that was amazing so that was wow. the biggest <laughs> yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is big. Um, Well, I have one last question to ask you um, before you go. What advice would you give to someone just starting out on, on carnivore or just thinking about giving it a try?
1: Um, Usually my advice is to not be afraid of the uncomfortable kind of withdrawal um that you might have from eliminating carbohydrates um I think it's a good idea to go slow um to maybe not go overnight I know some people can do mm-hmm. that but it can be a real shock to your system and I I just think if you're prepared um for the worst then you can get through it but I think I've just noticed with people that um have tried to do lower carb or have tried carnivore they I think they give up too soon. That's a common thing i I've noticed. Um, I don't personally think thirty days is ideal. I think everyone should try it for sixty to ninety days i I just think yeah. that's smarter because I think if you have a long transition period and then you stop at thirty days, you probably didn't get all your benefits and to see really accurately, like how you, how you could feel. So I recommend 60 to 90 days and, you know, don't be afraid if you start to feel worse before you feel better.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And use electrolytes. (laughs) Yes. Electrolytes. That's, (laughs) that's great. Great advice. Um, Well, thanks again for meeting with me today, talking about your journey um, and and being a great, a great interviewee. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meetmeat.com. Mrs. M-R-S Grubbs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.